0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the December edition of my one month to a more effective compliance program series that I have been running throughout 2017. In this month of December, I'm going to take a look at one month to better written standards for a compliance program. The sponsor this month is my Doing... Compliance Masterclass Series. I recently partnered with Jonathan Marks at Markham LLC to put on a series of Masterclass training sessions in late 2017 and throughout 2018. We just concluded the 2017 training in New York City, and I will be announcing upcoming training sessions going forward. If you have enjoyed and utilized this podcast series throughout 2017, you will find the Masterclass is an excellent way for you to take your compliance program to the next level. In this month, I'm going to take a look at written standards for compliance programs. We take a wide variety of approaches and topics, and I think that you will find at the end of December, you'll have a much better grounding on how you can create, design, and implement better written standards which will improve your compliance program. My series on one month to a better compliance program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day five, design of your code of conduct. Today we take up the design of your code of conduct. Through attention to detail in the design process, You should be able to come out at the end of the day with a code of conduct, which will help you to more fully operationalize your compliance program. You must begin with the determination of what you are trying to accomplish. It does not serve you to try and list each and every compliance risk you think your company may encounter. You should determine the values you want to communicate, what the expectations are for employees, and how to call the hotline. Under such an approach, a code of conduct can be the jumping off point for training on the issues stated in it. The code of conduct can also form the hub of the wheel for other policies and procedures and written standards you want to communicate to relevant shareholders and stakeholders. You should also consider how you are going to distribute your code of conduct to your employees and stakeholders. If it is through a Adobe PDF document, which is accessible for most stakeholders across an organization or via another method. If a significant part of your workforce does not have access to computers, online production only may will, will not work as the primary distribution platform. Because remember, you need to document that you have fully distributed your code of conduct literally from the boardroom to the shop floor. Another conundrum is how to communicate your ethical values into your code of conduct. You can integrate values by incorporating them into the discussions of the risk topics in your code of conduct. This aids in your rollout as a topic of interest in discussing your new or revised code of conduct. Obviously, integrity can be discussed in the context of a non-retaliation policy, and a variety of other topics can be discussed as well. Another tool is to benchmark other companies' codes of conduct. You should consider other companies in your industry, organizations that operate in the same geographic area as your organization does, and companies with a similar employee size consider what they are doing, determine what appeals to you and what you think might work for your organization. If you have not updated your code of conduct for some time, there will probably be new areas that you need to incorporate into your updated version. Two obvious new areas include or rather involve social media and cybersecurity. Such an exercise help with your goal setting at the beginning of the project and allow you to move more directly to drafting of the text. If you're starting from scratch, an outline is a good way to go. If you're working from a current version, you may want to go through a few drafts with redlining. The text to eliminate confusing language and unnecessary legalization, which of course is meaningless to anyone in your organization other than lawyers. An example here is to move from a US-centric focus on the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act to more compliance focus due to the prolifer- proliferation of other countries enacting anti-corruption legislation such as the UK Bribery Act, the Brazilian Clean Companies Act, and even domestic laws against bribery and corruption such as Chinese domestic anti-bribery laws which brought GSK to grief in China and other standards as well. Operationalization. Although the Code of Conduct was not specifically mentioned in the Department of Justice's 2017 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, the the overriding concept of operationalization applies equally to your code of conduct drafting or updating exercise. This means you need to consider how you're going to involve the operational areas of your organization in this process, as this is the clear expectation of the DOJ around your code of conduct. You should engage a focused group tasked with doing the red lines of the text. A key to is involve involve employees from different parts of your organization. It is important to involve people from outside the compliance and legal function in the process so that you will get buy-in from a wide variety of corporate business functions. This can certainly aid when the time for rollout comes. Using business folks to help develop Q&As, examples, or scenarios can also help to address common questions from employees in the field and can be useful in making your code of conduct training more effective. Having someone in operations suggest to you what would be a good example or a good Q&A because it is an issue in the business unit, it is an issue the business unit deals with on a daily basis, can be most useful. Further, there are many different parts of the process where you can bring people into your code development, and this involvement will only make your code of conduct more robust, and it will help to further operationalize it by making it more applicable to the business units. Indeed, the government will probably ask who outside the compliance and legal function was involved and what their contribution was. And finally, don't forget to document, document, document. Getting different perspectives is important, but you need to include non-compliance team members early in the process by helping you in the planning phase through drafting and rewrite up to implement, implementation and rollout. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, get your business folks involved from your co- in your code of conduct drafting or revision early on in the process. The earlier you get them involved, the more they can help you to operationalize your compliance program going forward. Number two, ethical values should be integrated in and integral to your code of conduct. But recall that this can be a part of your ongoing 360 degrees of communication, both in your rollout and your continued communications about your code of conduct. And finally, number three, you're going to have to answer the question when the government comes knocking about how have you operationalized your code of conduct. I certainly advocate having as many business folks as a part of your overall drafting team. Utilizing input from people outside the compliance and legal function is a good way to get started, but that's only a start. You need to have their continued participation in your 360 degrees communication and rollout and communications going forward. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed Day 5 of One Month to Better Written Standards. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day six. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to Better Written Standards in a Compliance Program. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for another episode. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would ask that you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only daily podcast which will give you a hint or tip to improve your Compliance Program. Also, if you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. I hope you'll join me tomorrow. My podcast series of one month to a better compliance program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network.